Yeah, 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 we know medical care requires informed consent, but laws require informed consent, politics, entrepreneurship, how you engage in your diet, health, exercise, even relationships. These all require a place of being informed, and I am so sick of being called a conspiracy theorist for using my brain and being informed. So that's how this podcast came to life. This is Informed Consent. I'm your host, Brooke Bocci. Let's start talking. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Informed Consent. It's your host, Brooke Bocci, and I am not solo this week. I am joined by a very, very, very wonderful guest that I cannot wait for you guys to hear from. I myself cannot wait to interview him because he's been someone who has taught me a lot of just so much that I have learned and so much that I am continuing to learn, especially in our fertility journey. For those who have not been familiar with kind of what's been going on, my husband and I have been going on close to a year and a half of infertility. And if you know me, if you know my husband, we are determined to get to the root of the problem. We are determined to try to reverse our infertility naturally. Now, I understand there is a time and a place for modern medication, and I think that it's beautiful and it's there for a reason. But I I, I truly in my heart and soul do feel like we can try to reverse so many things, whether it's fertility, whether it's hormones, whether it's digested. I mean, we can reverse so much. And I think a lot of which that we can reverse is through food. And Dr. Kiltz is someone who I have been following through our fertility journey. As you guys will learn, he is a expert in the fertility field, but more specifically with foods. And it's something that I really, really respect about him because you find a lot of fertility doctors don't really focus on nutrition and lifestyle. They are instantly just trying to go to this medication, this medication, this procedure. And again, I truly do believe there is a time and a place. But in many ways, we can either A, get pregnant naturally by doing some lifestyle nutrition changes, or B, give us the best possible opportunity to get pregnant with fertility treatments. And that is something that I truly respect about Dr. Kiltz. And I'm super excited to have him on this show to not only talk about what he's doing with CNY fertility, what he has been able to accomplish, but also what he knows about the fertility space and what he's learned when it comes to nutrition and specifically carnivore and keto type diets for fertility. So we've got a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about this week, but I quickly, before I bring him on, want to just read his bio for you guys because he's got a wonderful, wonderful resume. So Dr. Kilt is a renowned fertility doctor featured in the Wall Street Journal, CNBC, Parents Magazine, The Today Show, and more for reducing the cost of in vitro fertilization also known as IVF, to one-third the national average in helping shape the future of reproductive medicine. Dr. Kilt is a diplomat of the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology and fellowship trained and born certified in reproductive endocrinology and infertility. Dr. Kiltz is the founder, director, and practicing physician at CNY Fertility. He is a previous clinical facility member at UCSF Medical School and a current clinical faculty member at University of Santa Cruz Medical School. Dr. Kiltz is a passionate advocate for the ketogenic carnivore diet for fertility and overall health and wellness. Through decades of clinical practice, he's discovered that infertility and virtually 
all other diseases we humans suffer from are caused primarily by the foods we eat and the frequency at which we consume them. Dr. Kiltz believes that optimal human nutrition is obtained from eating a carnivore diet centered around fatty animal foods. Eating this way provides optimal nutrition while avoiding unhealthy carbohydrates, vegetable oils, and plant toxins. Ideally, this is combined with intermittent fasting, eating one meal a day. This has inspired him to share how eating the babies diet, B-E-B-B-I-S, which we're going to talk about this episode, and evolving one's lifestyle habits can vastly improve fertility and overall health through his keto carnivore support community, Kilt's Mighty Tribe. Dr. Kiltz has a prolific blog in the keto carnivore space and has published several different books on a variety of topics, including the most recent cookbook collaboration with Maria Emmerich, the Keto for Fertility Cookbook. He also launched his own line of grass-fed, pasture-raised nutritional supplements, Dr. Kiltz Nutritional Solutions. Dr. Kiltz hosts an interview series, Carnivore Conversations, which is a broadcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Carnivore Conversations is a radical and enlightening examination of how the keto carnivore diet can help to improve a wide range of complex health and environmental issues contributed by the American Standard Diet. In addition to his own media channels, Dr. Kiltz appears regularly on numerous popular blogs like dietdoctor.com and social media outlets, has shared his views as a speaker at TEDx, and is a frequent speaker at fertility and dietary conferences. So without further ado, Dr. Kiltz, welcome to Informed Consent. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and I cannot wait to hear all that you have to share with my listeners. Well, it's my pleasure, Brooke. Thank you for the invitation. I'm really excited about talking about all things fertility and a fertile life. I love it. I love it. You know, I've really resonated with a lot of the things. My husband and I have been following you on TikTok and social media like Instagram for months now and just love the things that you share. And I really want to get into all that. But before we get into that, I would love if you could share with my listeners just like where you kind of how you got here, how, you know, through your life, like what made you get to the point where you are today educating on fertility and nutrition and fasting and all the things that you talk about? Well, I'm another standard human being, born and raised in Los Angeles. I was kicked out of school in a gang, couldn't read, father in jail. I had ADHD, OCD, depression, dyslexia, lots of challenges growing up. But I know that God had good intentions for me. It was the training grounds of life. I broke a leg at 19, inspired by a young doctor uh, to go to medical school. And uh, I went to UC Davis for medical school. I, I did a year of internal medicine first, and then I switched over to OBGYN. I did it because I saw that basically I was writing prescriptions for diseases that I didn't even know what caused them. Um, I loved uh, taking care of women, uh, delivering babies, and I was a surgeon, so I really loved that immensely. I wound up going into uh, do a, for, uh, a reproductive endocrinology and infertility fellowship in Los Angeles for Harbor UCLA, and I finished in 1993. And I went on to practice a general uh, REI fertility medicine, and I wasn't loving it. I wound up moving to upstate New York in 1995. I uh, opened a general OBGYN and fertility practice, and then wound up starting CNY Fertility in about 1997. And I really have focused on fertility uh, for men and women and a fertile life. 
uh, I initially was incorporating yoga, acupuncture, massage, meditation in sort of the non-traditional things as a traditional physician, a surgeon, uh, uh, in many other areas of, of standard medical practice, IVF and IUI. And a lot of my patients were getting pregnant on this thing called paleo diet. This is about 20 years ago. And I'm like, okay, what's paleo diet? Diet doesn't matter. And, and at the time, I was personally suffering from arthritis, kidney stones, migraines, bowel bleeding, hemorrhoids, depression, go down the list. And I'm like, well, these people are getting pregnant on paleo diet. Let me see what that is all about. So I started digging deep into paleo, practicing myself. And, and then I tripped over uh, keto diets with Maria Emmerich and some others. And, and I started writing about it and talking about it. And at, at age 55, I ran into some guy doing carnivore. And I'm, I'll be 68 in about six weeks. And I went carnivore at 55, arthritis, psoriasis, migraines, kidney stones, bowel bleeding, gone, never felt better in my life. And I started digging deep and understanding inflammation, immunology, and the truth about nutrition. And I learned that a plant-based diet is never required. Plants are never required in the human diet, mm -hmm. but fat from animals and protein from animals, I think, are required. And when I did that and started talking more about it, I've seen the biggest changes ever in the universe. So here I am blogging about it, writing about it, and, and sharing it in a way that, that I think is a game changer. Uh, and health and wellness, I think, is improved both on keto and carnivore and fasting. Uh, and and uh, I talk a lot about faith uh, in, in life and in medicine for healing purposes also. I love that. And I think that, you know, for those who are listening to this podcast, obviously you probably know my story. My husband and I are struggling with infertility. And so you listeners are probably like maybe over all the fertility conversations, but I think Dr. Kiltz has so much wonderful knowledge to bring to the table. Yes. For fertility benefits, but also for life as, as you share, Dr. Kiltz, it helped you with your arthritis, your migraines, like so many other health things. So if you are listening to this, please don't turn it off if you're not struggling with infertility issues. Like, please continue listening because I truly feel that the things that he has to share and, and, and the foods and just so many different things that we'll talk about today can make an impact on your life, even if you aren't struggling with fertility issues. I think that's that's really important because food is important. And obviously, like you said before we even hit record, you could go on and on and on talking about food because it truly can make such a difference in our health. Absolutely. and. And to think that a healthy plant-based lean meat diet might be the cause of our diseases is just so opposite. And in general, they, they say that fat causes disease. I say fat and obesity causes no disease. The leading cause of disease is a low-fat diet. And if you're yeah. eating a low-fat diet, it means you're eating plants and protein, which both convert to sugar damage the liver, which then causes something called insulin resistance, which then spills over past the liver and causes damage to every organ system in our body. And in my world, the testicles of the prostate, the ovaries, tubes, and uterus, uh, along with the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the other endocrine glands like the thyroid, the adrenals, 
are all highly susceptible to a high sugar diet. And what many people don't know is that estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone come from plants. The birth control pill is made from plants. And so you're eating a plant-based estrogen, progesterone, testosterone high diet, which is actually damaging our reproductive organs for sure. Wow. Yeah. So I, I let, let's get into it. So can you kind of just explain for those who don't know what, what carnivore is? And then I, I have a following up question on that, but let's just kind of get in. So what exactly is the carnivore diet? Well, carnivore, hold on. Well, let me see. I got this. I, I always, I, I always kind of plot it up there. I mean, basically this is carnivore. I mean, that's the simplest concept it can be. It really is fatty meat. Now, technically, you're either you're either an herbivore, which eats only plants, or you're a carnivore, which eats only animals, or you're an omnivore that eats both. And in general, our world, most of us have grown up eating both for sure. But we do eat a lot of processed food, which is mostly plants, by the way. But a carnivore focuses on eating animal products. And I think it's mostly, to me, beef is the very best. But some people eat chicken and fish and lamb and goat and lobster and 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 uh, clams and oysters and anything from an animal, technically. Uh, but but I think personally that beef is the very best. I do recommend some organ meats like liver, uh, kidneys, heart. But you don't have to do those things. And all the nutrition nutrients, the macro and micronutrients that our body requires, including minerals and vitamins all come from the meat we eat. So so in actuality, if you eat the meat, you'll get all the nutrients, but all the nutrients are not in the plant material we eat. And, and it really is, again, I, I call it the baby's diet, bacon, eggs, butter, beef, kilts as ice cream and salt. And it covers all food groups pretty much. And, and who doesn't like bacon, eggs, butter, beef and salt? I mean, we all do. But we're all afraid to eat it, and I and I and so I just wonder: is is maybe our fear of of eating something that turns out to be the best for us our biggest problem? And and I think that that really is is it, unfortunately. Well, and I think it, you know, something that really stood out to me about you and why my husband and I really have resonated with you through our fertility journey is. You're someone who kind of goes against the mainstream narrative. I mean, especially we can see right now, they're trying to go plant-based meats. They're trying to push away from beets. I mean, we can look at this new food scale that, um, you know, not even the pyramid, just the ratings of what they have. And we don't even see beef or butter anywhere near the top. We see cereals, we see processed foods, we see carbs. And while those are the general standard guidelines for the American diet, we it, it it's it's just so interesting to me when you have someone like yourself who is in you know who's a very well-known doctor and especially in the fertility space who's kind of going against what is recommended and especially with you you have clinical experience to see firsthand that this is truly helping i'm i'm shocked i'm amazed and i would tell you that based on what i was taught in medical school in 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 residency in pre-med. I was a nutritional biochemistry major. I did nutritional biochemistry research. And what I now understand is everything we've learned about nutrition is wrong. 
And so when we say, well, doctors weren't taught about nutrition, well, in actuality, everyone is taught incorrectly. That's the simplicity of the story. And if you look at our human evolution, we essentially evolved. Uh, we came out of the trees to eat the grass eaters, not the grass. We we had the ability to hunt like wolves and lions, to make the tools that were necessary to capture and, and consume the meat that turned out to be the healthiest thing for us that likely enabled our brains to grow and our ability to create everything we've created in this world. Now, it's hard to go out there and kill and hunt and kill an animal. It's not easy. So I do understand that eating plants is probably easier, but it's much more harmful for us. Plants have made uh, made uh, life-sustaining uh, uh, processes that repel or attract herbivores and, and, and omnivores to consume them, likely that, that makes us addicted to them, but it also damages our bodies. The sugars, the antigens, the chemicals. But think about it. You know, there's, there's a lot of fiber in a plant which which actually is like steel wool. Why would you eat steel wool, which will damage the most sensitive cells of your body, the 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 the, the epithelium of your bowels? Uh, and so, ultimately, why are we taught this? Well, because we've been taught this for thousands of years. I, it's like religion, politics, our social cultural belief systems. You know, all of these things are stories, but ultimately. The most amazing story I've ever learned is that you eat the beef, you eat the fatty meat, you'll be the healthiest ever, your brain will function better, your reproductive organs and hormones will, will work better than ever. And for so many people, I've seen with the lowest AMHs, diminished over in reserve, they're, they're basically told you can only use donor eggs or adopt, they go carnivore and they get pregnant to deliver a baby. It's radical. Yeah. You know, I find it, I find it so comical, you know, you're seeing so many people, even with eggs, you know, saying that this is causing so many health issues and it's the beef and it's the butter that's causing so many heart conditions. And you just look back and you go hundreds of years. I mean, that's what we've always ate and you didn't see all these diseases. And then all of a sudden we're having all these diseases pop up, but what else has been introduced? So much processed foods, so much pesticides being sprayed onto our plants and it just makes you wonder, like, how how can you even believe that it's the beef and the butter and the eggs that are causing all these health issues? If you if you think about it, and and you know, we're we're highly again susceptible to the stories. We've been plopped down in front of televisions and now our devices that are constantly sharing a story, and the story is mostly eat plants, smoke marijuana, drink alcohol use ayahuasca, psilocybin, and microdosing, which are all which are all mind-altering drugs that none of us should, should be taking anyway. And fake meat. Why would you want to buy fake meat? The reason is because your brain wants you to eat meat. But you've been so brainwashed, you're going to eat some fake product that was made in an industrial complex by someone who just wants to take your money and not make you truly healthy. And that's why I love social media, like what you're doing and others are doing, 
the new health and wellness uh, source of information is is online. And look at everyone's tried tried veganism or vegetarianism or Mediterraneanism. We've all tried any of that, but I could tell you we're suffering. And when I eliminated the plants, like in one month, valvuline and hemorrhoids gone, uh, uh, migraines gone, kidney stones gone, and I've never felt better in my life. And listen, don't believe me one bit. And if you're waiting for the scientific article that's going to prove it to you, you'll be dead by then. It ain't happening, all right? And the only person you can trust is you. So do the experiment. Why don't you do 30 days on a plant-based only diet and then 30 days of an omnivore diet and then 30 days of a carnivore diet and see which one you feel best at. But we are highly prejudicial. Our belief system already says, no, wait a minute, meat is bad. So your brain's going to live. You're not going to want to touch it because you think, oh, fat is so bad for us. My friends, fat is the fuel for the Ferrari. It suppresses inflammation when you eat it, by the way. And without fat, you'd be dead. You'd be dissolved in water. We, an anorexia, uh, uh, anorexia, nervosa, bulimia, cachexia, sarcopenia are states where there's no fat on your body. And you will die fast and you will not reproduce. Obesity is built into our DNA so that you could survive the famines the wars, the pestilence, the disease. Well, the problem is food is too easily accessible in the incorrect amounts and and the processed ways that it comes, right? So that you could take a plant and you could grind it up and add a few little spices and other things and make it look like meat. Well, why would you believe that? And your baby, by the way, is exposed to a tremendous amount of sugar in a plant-based diet, to the chemicals and the antigens that go through the placenta into the baby and already make that baby addicted to the plants and the sugars that it has no requirement to ever eat. So that's another thing that we have to realize. We're not only harming our, our ourselves, but our, our children in utero and the egg and the sperm that produces those children. So we have to be really cautious on, on what we're consuming while we're getting ready for reproduction. So with the carnivore, you said no plants, obviously that's, that's also including no carbohydrates as well. All sorts of carbohydrates. Is there any that you welcome in or is it all sorts of carbohydrates? Well, well, let's, let's be scientific about this. There are either plants or animals. Let's just kind of keep it to that. I mean, there's a lot of mushrooms and moths, but let's just say animals and plants. All plants are made from carbon dioxide in the air, which makes a long chain carbon particle called a sugar, a carbohydrate, uh, starch, or cellulose. They make the root, the stem, the branches, the leaves, the fruits, and the seeds. So carbohydrate plant and sugar are essentially all the same if that makes any sense yeah okay it does yeah and so when you eat an animal there's actually little carbohydrate in it but technically all cells contain sugars protein amino acids and fatty acids 
which are just part of the building blocks of our body. But so, so there are no required carbohydrates or plants or fiber in the human diet. In my opinion, animal fat and animal uh, protein is the true requirement that comes with all the minerals and vitamins and nutrients your body requires. And it doesn't contain the anti-nutrient molecules, which are in the plants, which damage the layer called the glycocalyx or the glycobiome, which is a sugar layer that protects the bowel epithelium. And, and so ultimately we love plants. We, we, they're part without plants in this world, nothing would exist. We would not be here. Right. Mm -hmm. But we have no requirement to eat a plant, AKA a carbohydrate, a sugar. So basically plants will break down to complex and simple sugars, but in order to be absorbed, they must break down to simple sugars, glucose, uh, 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 glucose, uh, fructose, mannose, galactose, lactose. I mean, there are many simple sugars and slightly more complicated sugars that then are absorbed in our GI tract, which then go to the liver and via insulin, the majority of those plant sugars are converted to fat. When you eat proteins in the gut, they're broken down to amino acids. They also go to the liver and via insulin, the majority of them are converted to fat. And most people don't understand that. Yeah. Wow. That was, I didn't even understand that. So that was wonderful the way you put it together. You know, And, and you have to listen to it time. It took me a while to figure it out. My sister, Marianne, died at 52 of diabetes. And my best friend, Dave Kilmer, from medical school, died of cancer at age 52. I had to figure out what, what caused their diseases. And I believe we've made it too complicated. It's simple. The liver's job is to make fat via insulin out of amino acids and sugars. If you cannot make fat, you die. When you eat fat, it goes to the lymphatics and it's distributed everywhere in your body because if you have no fat on your body, you also are dead. Mm -hmm. You can't reproduce. You'll, you'll have cardiovascular collapse very rapidly. And so sugar, they say, is the fast energy and fat is the slow energy. I'll bet that's incorrect. My bet is fat is the only energy for the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. Sugars and amino acids are critical for glycoprotein and glycolipoprotein production, which is one of the most important and powerful things that happen in your body. But most of us in medicine don't even know anything about the glycocalyx or the glycobiome. Right. Wow. This is fascinating stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wow. Okay. So carnivore, who do you recommend carnivore for? Live human beings, pregnant love human it. beings, breastfeeding human beings, breast suckling human beings that transition to a carnivore diet. So basically uh, breast 
breast milk, bone meat. That's the transition. And I know it seems radical, but younger and younger people are, are dropping dead, getting cancers, diabetes, hypertension, stroke, depression, anxiety, suicidality, and criminality. Something's going on. Okay. It's not the pesticides that we spray on the plants. It's the pesticides made by the plants to control you and kill you. That's really okay. it. It's such a simple story. Don't make this difficult. Yeah. Eat what our proper human diet, as my good friend Ken Berry likes to say. And, and basically, it's eat the meat. And you don't have to, you don't have to make it difficult. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. Well, well, what about my nutrients? What about my minerals and vitamins? In the meat is everything you need. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's a properly raised you know, cattle when it's, you know, that's, I think where we start to get into the issues is when we have, you know, they're not grass fed, they're not pasture raised, they're, you know, being injected with all these hormones. That's, that's definitely something, I mean, would you agree we have to look out for? Well, well, if the most important thing is eat, eat meat, eat fatty meat. The most important thing is to me is bacon, eggs, butter, beef, and salt. That's, that's to me. And, and if you, if in the, in the transition from going an agricultural plant-based diet to a, to a animal-based free range, pasture raised, grass fed, grass finished, well, that's the, that's the world we all want to see. Mm-hmm. But, but in order to provide bacon, eggs, butter, beef, and salt, and I do cream, ice cream, and I do cheeses a little bit. Well, listen, Currently, our industrial complex makes really great food, even if it's industrial produced right now. But what we want to do is we want to stimulate regenerative agriculture, uh, a a, a grass-fed, grass-finished, pasture-raised, an arena that we can change the world in. And ultimately... All of these, all of this, this landscape that basically is in industrial farming, we want to change it to regenerative farming. And you can eat some plants. I'm not telling you, boy, you better not ever eat plants. We eat too many plants too frequently. And the same thing goes with industrial uh, farming, industrial agriculture, industrial raising of many of these animals. We want to change it up for everything. And look at America. I fly airplanes and, and go across America and see the 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 number of farms, the 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 agriculture that's decimating the land that we've we've so been been gifted uh, through the generations. And and our job is to look back and recognize that that the animals that that the gra- grazing animals that are naturally supposed to be there aren't there anymore because we've we've removed them. But I think that if you can get some, you know, again, many of the uh, amazing stores that you could go and at to to the meat area, the 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 poultry and fish and all these things have good stuff. Can we do better? Absolutely. I think that's the next level we want to work on. Mm-hmm. Love it. So, what would you say you do carnivore? As you said, what would you say your average day of eating looks like? What, like how, what is your eating? What do you eat? What's your food food schedule? I, I'm so curious to see just how you do it. 
Well, I generally men recommend 23 in one, 23 hours of fasting and one hour of feasting in general. Uh, now, look at most people have trouble being skinny, correct? Most people are gaining more weight and they're trying to be skinnier. So one of the best ways to accomplish skinnier is eat less food, right? Mm -hmm. Fasting and caloric restriction is one of the healthiest things that you and I can do, anyone could do. Right? We're not a grazing animal. Grazing animals eat three to six times a day. Carnivore animals eat from time to time. So my general food is going to be a ribeye steak at night. It might be maybe about 10 to 12 ounces. Sometimes it's eight to 10 ounces. It's fatty meat. I love broiling it uh, black and blue. I take the grease from the pan and put it right back on the, on the steak along with salt and some butter. That's my tradition. Now, I'll have some eggs and some some of my ice cream from time to time. I love bacon. I now have an air fryer. I'll make some bacon from time to time as a snack. But it, I drink a little bit of coffee. I'm on and off coffee here and there. I do a little bit of decaf. I add some cream and butter. Uh, but typically, I do, I do uh, my evening meal. Um, I go to bed at 9 o'clock. I get up at 3 to 4. I do my morning 100 push-ups. I do my cold plunge meditation prayer. My do I lives at 5 a.m. Monday through Fridays. And I go, I do some lifting, weightlifting, some walking, some bike riding and some rowing. You know, those are the things that I like to do. I go to work every day. I think working is critical to be creative and love what you do. I think that's important. But for me, I'm kind of boring. Steak and egg, steak, steak, steak is kind of it. And fatty meat. I make sure I get the fattiest ribeyes you can get. Wow. Love to hear that because I love a good fatty steak. <laughs> and again, most people I feel like do. <laughs> yes, they do. But it's the mindset. And mm -hmm. this is the challenge, right? Most women are going to like, oh, you know, steak is, I hate it. I've never, I haven't eaten in 30 years. I've got women 30 years, no meat, eating meat and getting pregnant, having babies, feeling better than ever. Wow. They're, they're, they, you know, what's happening in everyone's sex life? It's being trashed. What mm -hmm. pelvic pain, dysmenorrhea, vulvodynia, uh, interstitial cystitis, endometriosis, endometritis. And I believe it's all secondary to a plant-based low-fat diet that all heals in so many ways by going carnivore. Now, again, keto is a transition. Many people get pregnant on keto, which is high fat, cook the carbs well, limit them, minimize them. And, and to me, it's still about one meal a day, one or two snacks if you want. You know, it's a transition. You don't have to do it like Kilts does. Find something to start with. And there's so many people online today, especially in the fertility world, that are blogging about keto, carnivore, fasting. And there are plenty of vegan vegetarians that get pregnant, by the way. I'm not here telling you you can't be a vegan vegetarian and you have to be a carnivarian. A week, I can help people that are vegan and vegetarians get pregnant on a keto-like nutritional plan uh, for sure. Awesome. So one more question on the carnivore, and then I want to go into yeah. fasting. You brought that sure, up. Sure. But what is your thoughts on like milk and dairy? Obviously, those come from the animal. What are your thoughts on that? I know there's some conflicting thoughts of you should do the milk, you shouldn't do the milk, you should do the cheese, you shouldn't do the cheese. Obviously, you have ice cream in your plan, which is very tasty, by the way. I have definitely made it many times. Um, but what is your thought on that? Well, 
Well, many people are allergic to cow milk products mm-hmm. um, or other dairy milk products or, or cheeses and milk and butters and yogurts and things like that. So you have to be careful. Technically, milk is for a baby. Meat is for everyone else. And, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I call it antigenicity, inflammatory reactions that happen from milk, milk products, especially cow milk, try goat or other, uh, other uh, animals. If you can get human milk, that might be the very best. Uh, But I would say that, that meat is the really straightest thing you you could focus on to be the really narrowest. I personally tolerate butter and cream and cheeses pretty well. They're not my they're not my go-to every day. I snack on them. Uh, I do a little bit of salami, uh, but mostly I dry age my my meats, <clears throat> and I'll you know make that as a as a a, a, a snack for okay. sure. And I don't soak it in anything. It's just a little salt and dry age it. You can get a you can get a dehydrator if you want, but I just yeah. put it in the refrigerator and let it dehydrate that way. Okay, love but it, love it. If you're getting better on carnivore, but you're not eliminating all of those 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 uh, 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 tough things like psoriasis or eczema, or just not getting there, that's where you need to probably eliminate the the milk products or the cheeses um, and even the eggs in some cases. And then right. the other thing to do is look and find out where is that egg raised, that chicken raised, where is that cow's milk coming from? That's a big part of it that I think people can find the real value. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Okay, so fasting. Let's talk fasting. You brought up fasting, and I'm very intrigued. So my husband just had a 72-hour water fast. We've been really researching the benefits for men. And I would love for you to share your thoughts on like why it's beneficial. But I also want to touch on um, what you think about with women, because there's a lot of conflicting research out there regarding women and that they shouldn't be fasting, especially for fertility. And from the I'm seeming like maybe you don't necessarily agree with that. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, we're all human beings. Mm-hmm. And if the gut is always full, let's just say it's always full with pretty much an omnivorous diet, plants, uh, meat, and minimal fat. Most people do not eat fat. So that means the proteins are breaking down to sugars and uh, amino acids, and then essentially becoming a sugar-like substance. And the plants are breaking down to sugar. So as long as your gut is full of food, you're always secreting sugars and amino acids to the liver. That means your insulin level and glucose levels are always elevated. So the only way to really clear the gut of anything is to do at least a two to three day fast. So I personally think the healthiest thing any of us can do, including women, including pregnant women, is to go on a three to five day fast. Now, this is important. We we get fat to get fertile. And if you think about your availability of food 50,000 years ago, were you carrying around corn every day of your life? No, nope. You likely, you, you gorge to get fat. You make fat in the liver. You eat the fat. You get pregnant. And I believe that nausea and vomiting in early pregnancy is a protective mechanism that says, do not put that in my mouth. You're going to kill my baby. And that's deadly and dangerous for me. 
And so I've seen, I have many women who had hyperemesis early pregnancy, as long as they have enough fat in their body, they can actually fast. And, and so again, psychologically, we're all told, oh, no, you got to eat every day. You were eating every day and everyone else was hunting and eating and eating nothing. Does that make any sense? Mm. Is it easy it. to lose 25 pounds? Ever tried now? to lose weight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Is it easy? No. It's not. It's no. meant not to be easy because that fat is the fuel for your mitochondria. And adipose tissue contains every mineral, every vitamin, every amino acid, every sugar, and every fatty acid your body requires in order to build that baby. It's built in your fat stores. Where do the where do women store fat? The lower lower extremities, the butt of the breast and the belly. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So interesting. You'll see uh, bears. They hibernate. Uh, they nest. They gestate. They lose adipose tissue. They lose no muscle mass, no bone mass. Yet they don't eat, drink, piss, or poop for months. Mm -hmm. They grow babies. And so what was the building block for that baby? Adipose tissue. So, so in general, you don't eat. Let's just say you maybe burn about a pound a day, right? Mm -hmm. How many people have at least 25 to 50 pounds extra in them? Most people nowadays. <laughs> Most people. So why would fasting be dangerous for you? For what reason? Yeah. Can't, can't, I can't explain it. Now, they're telling you to go exercise. Now, can you imagine any animal that says, let me go burn some extra calories uh, while I'm trying to find food? Right. I'm going to go for an extra run to be healthy. What, what animal does that? None. None. Obesity causes no disease and skinny is deadly in a famine. And it's deadly if you're pregnant, if you've got a disease, all these things. Okay. And fasting for men and women is one of the most amazing things you could do. It's not easy. Because it's not meant to be easy. You're you're meant to go out and find food and search for food, right? If you if you can't, if you don't have food for the next five days and you say, you know what, I'll just hang out and wait, you'll be dead. Yep. Right? Right. But a highly processed diet of plant products and fake meat. I believe is highly deadly and damaging to our reproductive organs, a growing fetus, uh, and everything about a men and women. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. But fasting is quite amazing. But think about the spiritual experiences people do around the world in fasting. I do mm -hmm. a five-day fast, January, July, water only. And for the first two days, I don't drink any water. Oh, wow. You're making water. Metabolic water is made in your body. When you make, when you, when you burn acetyl-CoA from fatty acids, which is the only source of ATP energy, in my opinion, unless you make fat in the liver via amino acids, sugars, and insulin, basically you're making you're making ATP, carbon dioxide. Remember, we breathe out CO2, we breathe in oxygen. And then we also make water, metabolic water. Wow. All right. So you do, you said you do two, essentially two five-day fasts in a year. And I do 
two to three day fasts at least once a month, the first Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the month. Um, And I'll throw in a two or three day fast extra in there. I used to do a two day fast every week and a three day fast once a month uh, and do 23 and one. I kind of mix it up. And then you, so you recommend it male, like the same recommendations, no, you know, whether you're a male or a female. I think it's helpful for all of us. Okay. Because as long as your gut is full of plants, you're secreting sugar into your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. True fasting requires, in my opinion, at least two to three days of no food. Okay. In order for the food to get through your small intestine, get into your colon. You're not truly fasting until it's out of your 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 small intestines in your stomach. Because yeah. you want to reduce, see, people are afraid of hypoglycemia. You're you're just you're just being drugged by the plants. You're withdrawing from the plant sugars that are like heroin, cocaine, marijuana, nicotine, caffeine. Plant sugars are highly addictive. So as your plant sugar levels drop, right? You, you equate that with your glucose level. It's plant sugars that are dropping. It's like nicotine, caffeine. Wait a minute. I, I'm hypoglycemic. No, you're not. You're experiencing plant withdrawal. And the plants are not going to let you get away with it. They're going to make you want to eat them. And they don't care if you drink, you know, Coca-Cola or or any other drinks made out of sugars or these. Now they're making, people are drinking these these smoothies out of green stuff, deadly, deadly, deadly. What are your thoughts on fruit? Is fruit considered like, are you lumping fruit in like with the plants or is fruit something that goes in with carnivore? Well, okay. So carnivores eat meat, animals, Mm -hmm. herbivores eat plants, omnivores eat both. Okay. So can you eat some fruit and honey and Kiltz's ice cream with some fruit, honey, or cane sugar from time to time? I think you can. Now, some people believe they're an addict, a food addict. They've been, they've been traumatized by the propaganda that's made them a drug addict and a plant addict and a food addict. I think we've got to clear the mindset and change it up. But I lump fruit and, and all these things into it. But if you have a little bit from time to time, my daughter would die to an avocado and a banana. So we are highly allergic to seeds and nuts, fruits and vegetables. Plus, they can't come with all the microbes. The probiotics, the microbes, I think are deadly for us. They're not good for us. And they love the, the plants you eat because it's full of sugar. They ferment in the gut and they make alcohol, aldehydes, heat, gas, and methane which is deadly for all of us. So, you know, you're not a carnivore if you eat plants every day, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You're an omnivore. But if you have them from time to time in small amounts and it's a treat, go at it. Mm-hmm. I think you're okay. But but again, anaphylactic reaction, I've never seen it from a ribeye steak. Yeah. Oh. Love all this. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Any reason yeah. to go off eating steak, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the microbes, the probiotics, the mm-hmm. microbiome. So would you put those microbes inside an open wound? Probably not. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. Well, why would you put them in your bowels? I wouldn't. Now, 
they're there. And we've been taught to believe that they're really good for us, but I believe they're deadly for us. Now, should you treat antibiotics with antibiotics to clear them out? I'm not suggesting that. But the more fat you eat, the more suppression of the microbes in the gut that allows the glycobiome to heal, reduces the leaky gut syndrome, and will make you healthier and feel better. Remember, the microbes, they love the sugar you eat. As they eat the sugar, they make alcohol. So our children are being filled with plants and microbes that essentially make all the diseases they're suffering from. Out, uh, you know, ADHD, OCD, depression, anxiety, uh, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And we think it's genetic or must be the pesticides. Uh-uh. It's the plants and the mi microbes that are fermenting in the gut that are damaging our children. Wow. This is all so incredibly fascinating. So you it, obviously, cool. yes, it is very, very cool. So obviously you work in the fertility space. I would love to give some opportunity for you to talk about CNY fertility and what exactly that is, why you guys are different and, and just even your approach to reproductive care. Well, I'm a standard reproductive endocrinologist, a surgeon, I practice a lot of reproductive immunology and nutrition. Mm -hmm. I started CNY Fertility, and I started off by charging $2,000 for IVF. We now charge about $4,000 for a standard IVF, plus meds and a few other things. But a lot of people have coverage. But we really work to make fertility more affordable for everyone. We finance everyone. We integrate mindfulness nutrition, acupuncture, massage, meditation, prayer, all these things that I think are part of the human experience in life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've learned about Western medicine is we've forgotten those things, but we need to bring them with us every day because doctors are, they're human beings also, and they're not intentionally trying to make us sick and neither the drug companies, by the way. And, and, and what I've seen is that we're, we're blinded often by the pursuit of profits instead of pursuit of parents. If we can help more parents to be, more children to excel in life, to me, uh, the, the carnivore lifestyle, the keto lifestyle, the faith and fasting lifestyle. So we're, we're growing at CNY Fertility. Uh, we're always listening to our clients to say, what do you, what? What do you need? What can you bring to us? That's how I really have learned to integrate this. I learned about the uh, nutrition for my patients. They brought it to me. I've learned about immunology. I've learned about meditation, prayer, and acupuncture. So I think the more we can be open to that and do the very best to help our clients is, is really the, the work I'm here to do. I own and run for CNY Fertility, but I don't. My, our clients do patients do. I have an amazing staff at CNY Fertility. We're not perfect. We we recently raised our prices for a consult and inadvertently they 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 retroactivated it and started charging people who already paid. I'm like, guys, what are you doing? And we apologize for these mishaps and we want to make it better for everyone in every way we can. And so, you know, I'm here to listen and learn every day. CNY Fertility, I'm 68 this March never felt better. My grandmother lived 104. 
Um, wow. You know, if I could practice another 30 years or power to me, but if CNY fertility or some, some center like what we're doing to help more people, no matter their size, shape, age, weight, gender, whatever they've been suffering from, that's really my motto and, and my, my drive in life is to help more people. I love that. And I love that, you know, you guys listen and, you know, it, it's such a hard time. It, it's such a challenging time in someone's life when they're going through this and emotions are vulnerable and the, the, the many thoughts of like, what can we do? What are our options? So, you know, I think that that's so important that you guys are listening and you're also taking the feedback. Cause I think there are some reproductive doctors out there, especially that, you know, don't bring up lifestyle, don't bring up eating habits. They're just, you see them, they see your, your, your numbers and they're like, okay, we think this is your only option without even asking you what you're eating, without even asking you what your lifestyle is like. And I think that is something, especially, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I think a little bit more like natural minded. That's something that does infuriate me that I see is, you know, you haven't even asked me what my food is like. You haven't even asked me, you know, what my exercise program is like. And yet you want to tell me IVF is my only option. Well, we focus a lot on natural fertility mm -hmm. and I don't care what your cause is. If, if we can first work on everything about your health and wellness give you the tools. And if you think about the things in life that are the most valuable, they're often the hardest to obtain. Mm -hmm. And and so people have been driven towards easy. Here's a drug, here's a pill, here's a dissection, uh, here's a quick way to get there. But But in fact, relationships aren't easy, marriage isn't easy, um, jobs aren't easy. Uh, life is not meant to be easy, but it's the most amazing thing we have. And I've learned a lot through faith in a higher power. You call it God or whatever you want to call it, nature. Um, it's within all of us. And the more I can help you and you can help me and we can do it better, that's what we really want to be here to do. And you know, at CNY Fertility, if I can show you a direction and an idea, and you never see me, but I've helped you in something in your life, isn't that pretty amazing? Oh, it's so amazing. And I think even, you know, outside of, you know, CNY, obviously with your patients, what you're sharing online is, is making a huge impact on people. You know, your your videos that you have, your quick little, you know, 30 second TikToks or t reels, you know, they're educational and that's helping so many people. And, and you mentioned it earlier, there are so many people right now that are truly doing a great job educating on, on social media. Social media, I think in so many ways is such a blessing because you can learn so much from so many people. And I think you are one of those that in such a vulnerable subject and a vulnerable topic where someone is really just looking for support and, and ways that they can, you know, potentially get pregnant, you know, you're sharing that information and, and you're doing it quite frankly for free. You're not over there charging all this subscription fees to, to learn your information. And that I think is so, so important. Well, I'm very blessed as a physician uh, that I think I'm in a place that that I'm able to do these things, uh, which we we um, are grateful to amazing people to help and do that. And yeah, I you know the more I can give you to give you the tools to get pregnant naturally or improve your life in other ways, find success in 
everything and anything you're you're doing in life, that's more power. Uh, Kilt's Mighty Tribe, which is kind of something we've developed to continue the story, whether it's reproduction or just a reproductive and a fertile life. Uh, that's the part that I just love talking about. I love going uh, on stage and, and inspiring others and learning from others. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, this is this all sounds complicated, but it is actually very simple. Mm. What is it you want in your life? Dream as if it is, and it shall be that or better. Mm. And look back at our ancient nature. And ultimately, I think we're lions. And lions eat meat. And yes, you could eat plants. And I don't know if I'm going to live longer or, you know, I'm going to get a disease and die. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm not saying carnivore or ketovore or whatever it is, is going to help you live longer. But I found something that is like a game changer. Mm-hmm. And if I learned this, like before my parents were born, maybe, you know, be something way different. But again, yeah. we're having fun with this and sharing stories. And that's all intention of Kilt's Mighty Tribe, drkilts.com, CNY Fertility, see my healing arts, and, and speaking with yourself and sharing this with more people for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting the information out, I think. And like you said, people are people are starving for information. I mean, there's a reason why podcasts are booming so much. There's a reason why everyone's obsessed with TikTok, while some of it I think is super dumb. But some of the stuff on there is really, really educational and can really help people's lives and change people's lives. So thank you for all that you're doing. And before we kind of close, just you shared a little bit, but please share to my listeners how they can connect with you, how they can follow you, where you're at, all the different sources that people can find you, hear from you, listen to you. So um, they're, they're not like ending this and be like, dang it. <laughs> uh, D- Dr. Kiltz, D-O-C-T-R-K-I-L-T-Z, Doc Kiltz, Dr. Rob, um, hey you. I go by all those things in some ways, but you can go to CMI Fertility, go to Amazon, look at our books. Uh, we have just a lot of stuff out there. And the more content we can share that that is the better. And if you have content to share, we want to talk about it. This is so important for all of us because ultimately mm-hmm. making babies is all that matters. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's something that we can all share together. Uh, but yeah, look at my stuff online, Dr. Kilts. People could find my, my cell phone number by just Googling it. I text back and forth with people, uh, Instagram, YouTube, all these modalities. And, and the more we grow, I fly airplanes. I've learned to fly a jet at age 50 at 62. I'm a wow. potter, a painter, uh, and we're, we just keep on having fun every single day. Is it easy? It's not. It's not meant to be. It's meant to be hard. But the best in life is actually hard. Get going. Do it every day. Love it. Well, Dr. Kiltz, thank you so much for being a guest on Informed Consent. And listeners, I will include all of his links in the show notes you can easily go check and listen to. But again, thank you so much for all that you're doing and all that you're sharing. Brooke, God bless you. Thank you so much. So amazing. Look forward to spending some more time. You as well.